Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. The NBA, MLB, and NHL are back in full swing, and our partners at BetOnline have you covered. Ike, I know I'm going to be placing a wager this weekend with the Kentucky Derby. I can't wait. Well, I'm placing it with you, and the group I'm placing it with is BetOnline. So shout out to BetOnline for sponsoring I Believe it's still a podcast show. Appreciate y'all for the second week in a row. Um, y'all have done this a few times with our show. Bet online, I appreciate everything y'all doing for us. Thank you. Back-to-back weeks. And Ike, usually I am there at Churchill Downs at the Kentucky Derby. Kind of bummed I won't be able to do that, understandably so. But Bet Online has us covered, and you can take advantage of sports being back and get in on the action with hundreds of odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. Ike, we mentioned last week, too, there's the online casino that never closes as well. So BetOnline's the place to go. Online casino 24-7? That's something like, that's something like, hey, you know how them convenience stores, them convenience stores 20, 24-7. So BetOnline 24-7, man, that's very convenient for a lot of people. Head over to betonline.ag today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ike Taylor. Ike, we are less then two weeks away from the opening weekend of the NFL and the Steelers open as a four point favorite in their Monday night football matchup against the New York Giants. Ike, it's that time of year again, my man. Man, we've been waiting. You know, we've been having a lot of stuff going on in 2020 since January. But football season is here. Pittsburgh got the Giants. Seven is back. Juju should be healthy. James Conner has been through a lot. You know what he can do when he got a nice offensive line? He's a, he's a uh, pro bowler. Uh, then you got Deontay Johnson. And you can't stop talking about or the Pittsburgh Steelers, whether it's the secondary or whether it's the offense. They can't stop talking about Chase Claypool. <laughs> they can't stop talking about it. So already I know, I know it's going to be exciting. And we ain't talking about, you know, Eric Ebram. You know, another guy a couple of years ago, he led the league for tight ends and touchdowns. So, I mean, seven, and I mean, Big Ben, when I say seven, you're talking about trucks as offensive linemen. You want to talk about Lincoln Continentals as tight ends. You want to talk about Ferraris on the outside, (laughs) Deontay, Chase. You want to talk about a Toyota Tundra and Juju. Then if you get in the backfield, you're talking about these dually trucks you got in the backfield. So, seven. How you feel in the morning, whichever car you want to drive, you got that at your disposal. (laughs) I'm excited too because with Chase Claypool, we've seen him in practice. We've seen some footage with him catching balls, but to see him go up against competition from other teams, I cannot wait for that. But comes with the caveat, Kynes Field will not host fans for Steelers or Pitt football games in the month of September. Now, what this means for the Steelers in week two on September 20th against the Broncos and week three, September 27th against the Texans, Heinz Field will not have fans, but it's still undecided beyond the month of September. So the Steelers' next home game after that is October the 18th. That's against the Cleveland Browns. 
No decision there so far, but remember, that's going to be the first game that Browns defensive end Miles Garrett will have played the Steelers after last November's brawl with Mason Rudolph. Get your popcorn ready. I cannot wait for that one. Seven back. Offensive line mentality a little bit different. Team is a little bit different. That whole Pittsburgh Steelers team going to be looking at Miles like, I wish your mother mother would. I wish he would. Like, set, like seven, set, seven is back. And, and the reason why I'm saying seven is back, how they almost made the playoffs last year, Mark, going down to their fourth-string quarterback. And knowing if you would have had Big Ben, you was going to be in the playoffs, and you was going to be in contention or try to make a push for the Super Bowl. I can see in that locker room when they play in the Browns, I wish he would. I wish he would try <laughs> my quarterback like that. I, I, I can just feel the energy on how them boys thinking. Like, they're looking at the Giants. They're looking at the Broncos. They're looking at, oh, the Browns. <laughs> I wish he would try some stuff like that. So, hopefully it doesn't happen again, but I can, I can already feel and see the mentality for that Browns game. You said something that made me so happy, Ike. You said the fourth-string quarterback, which everyone always forgets about. Everyone's, oh, well, Mason Rudolph was the backup. Then they had to then go to Duck Hodges. But remember, they traded Joshua Dobbs to the Jaguars, Correct. meaning that Hodges was actually the fourth-string fourth quarterback, quarterback at the start of the <laughs> season. Thank you for pointing that right. out. And I feel like that's just right. always lost in any kind of discussion when talking about the Steelers' backup quarterbacks after Ben Roethlisberger. Well, so th well, you thank know, you, you for that. Thank you. You know, you know, you know, Mark. If you play cards, you know it's Ace, King, Queen, Jack, and Ten. They look at they they look at Doug Hodges like the nine, <laughs> the nine of spades. You know what I'm saying? So it's easy to get lost in the sauce, but I get it. Not <laughs> a net a face card yet in his career. Maybe he can develop into that. But hey, it's not like you expect that from an undrafted rookie a season right. ago either. So to have that expectation that he would be a face card, I hear you, Ike. I hear you there. Ike, I also wanted to ask, uh, talk to you about Mike Tomlin's speech ahead of the Steelers' Friday night practice. He led his team in the middle of the field. The players locked arm in arm. And he said just some truly powerful words. And Ike, I'm going to take it from the top down from the president being out there, the general manager, Tomlin and the coaches and the players. And it's something that whenever I ask you about your experience with the Steelers franchise in your 12 years there, you always talk about how it's what we're doing collectively. It's not what I'm doing individually. And I thought this was just yet another example of that. Well, Mark, you know, everything starts at the top. You know what I'm saying? And for that organization, when you want to talk about a class act organization, you got to start off with the Roonies. You know, you're talking about a, a Hall of Fame and Mr. Dan. I used to call him Paul Paul RIP, rest his soul, you know, Hall of Fame owner. And I really do believe that Kevin Colbert, when you look at the gym, the gym for the Pittsburgh still and what he have bought through that city and that state of Pittsburgh, nothing but first round and Hall of Fame and a lot of just Pro Bowl guys. You got you to gotta take a look at Kevin Colbert. Now you go down to Coach T. And you, you look at Coach T, I felt like I didn't play for two Hall of Fame, you know, head coaches. Coach Kyle was getting to the Hall of Fame this year. I think Coach Tomlin, when it's all said and done, Mark, he will enter into the Hall of Fame as well. But I think everything just starts with the head man, Mr. Rooney. 
and right now it's Mr. Art Rooney. So Art just passed along what his dad had passed to him, and that's players first. Just going back to me and Joe Green and talking to Franklin Harris and all them guys back in the day, they always said, you know, Mr. Art, which was Mr. Dan's uh, father back in the day, he said it always been a players first. Players first, man. Whatever the players need, we cater to the players. We're not spoiling the players. We just want the players to know that they're first. So I got to give a shout out to Mr. Art Rooney. I hope we put this up because Mr. Art Rooney don't get enough credit. He's a very low-key, behind-the-scenes guy. He don't want it, and that's just the Rooney family. But to see what Coach Tomlin had, had said and what Coach T had did, it, it just came from the heart. You know, I don't know if you ever really listen to Coach Tomlin or really know him, but Coach T, he does a lot of speeches. He travels and he, does, he turns down a lot, but when he does speak to, to whoever he's speaking to, as um, far as like platform or format, he's very well-spoken. It's thawed out, you know, so... Coach T came from the heart, and you saw the you we talked about this earlier. You saw the whole team locking arms. That's genuine. This is a stage of what they're doing. And I think that just start from the Roonies and uh Kevin Colbert and Mr. Art. Now you're seeing Coach T. You know, you, you gotta get the green light to do that. And he got the green light from the head man. And the head man was to his right. If he was looking at the video, Mr. Kevin Colbert was to his left. So I'm proud to say I was glad. I got drafted and was a part of that class act organization. Ike, it was the words and it was the messaging, but also the optics as well. And exactly like you said, you had President Art Rooney II and the general manager, Kevin Colbert, flanking Tomlin and then all of the players linking arms too. The optics of it is just what really stuck out to me in the best franchises, the best organizations, the best businesses are united in whatever message that they're trying to get across. And I think that the Steelers really realize that they have the opportunity through football to, to bring greater good to this world. And I just thought that, again, the optics to me is what really stuck out in that everyone from the top down in that franchise were united together in that. And that is what, that, that was really my big takeaway uh, beyond just Coach Tomlin's speech, which was remarkable. You get a lot of done with we instead of me. And, and that's the problem we have in the day. You know, everybody want to be the first. Everybody want to say, or, or look at, look what I'm doing. But, you know, it's, we go back to the old school. Me, me and you talked about this, Mark. You know, back in the day, how we grew up, it took a village to raise a kid. And I, tr I truly do believe in that. And uh, unity is something special. You know, it's when, when you, when you want to talk about unity and uniting, that's all love, regardless on what color you is. I mean, just look at you and I. Officially, we haven't met in person. But Mark, man, just, just from talking to you, us doing this podcast, it's all love. Like, I'm not giving you a hard time. You never give me a hard time. You got a schedule. I got a schedule. Wind up figuring it out. We have fun while we're doing it. We clicking. We're getting in the groove, like, but it, it takes it takes your pride and my pride, your ego and my ego, and we, we push it to the side. But like I say, man, when I say it's all love, Mark, it's all love. And that's, that's, that's what people, that's what I think people got to realize, man. Love has no color. Another thing I didn't realize with Coach Tomlin, too, Ike, is the impact that John Thompson III had on, on him as a coach as well. John Thompson III passing away this past week at the age of 78 years old. And we lost a legend in coaching in college basketball, uh, the Georgetown Hoyas. 
And I, I didn't realize that they had any kind of relationship there at all. It was, it was interesting to hear Coach Tomlin's commentary reflecting on Thompson's death earlier this week. Just looking at and remembering Coach John Thompson, give me all the bad kids y'all don't want. All the kids y'all say who y'all think that's not going to make it. All the kids that are so-called problem kids, give me all them kids. And I'm going to be the dad after their dad to them kids. Let me show them discipline. Let me show them what, what being stern as a father figure is. Let me put some light into their life. And for Coach T, that's right on the East Coast where, where Coach T from, from VA. So Coach T is not too far. And he wound up getting a guy in AI, Allen Iverson. You know, and that's growing up right around the corner from Coach T. So you get a kid with all this talent and you're looking at, man, who can, who can at least put a leash on this kid? Got all the talent in the world, but can somebody at least put a leash? Coach John Thompson, hey, man, we're going down there and we're going to get this kid named AI. And I'm going to show him what it is to be a man. I'm going to be disciplined with him. I'm going to listen. I'm going to understand. But I'm going to show him what it is to be a man. And I'm going to show him that I care. And that's what I saw from the Patrick Ewins to the AIs. Like, you can go down the line. Like, and, and he was one of the first coaches that I thought, I'm sticking behind my players regardless, no matter what. Right or wrong. Now, when they're wrong, I'm going to discipline them in the locker room. But I'm not going to showcase it too much out in the open. But my players are going to see I'm 100% behind them 24-7. And that's what I liked about Coach John Thompson. We lost a legend this week. You mentioned AI. Ike, have you ever seen him play football? He holds the Virginia State record for most interceptions in a game with seven. Seven mm -hmm. interceptions in a game. Yeah, said, You've never seen his high school tape. So don't, don't, don't forget. Don't forget. I was with James Ferrier, Sean Barber, the Sharper brothers, Coach T. They raised me pretty much as a professional. So all they talk about is this young man, AI. You're talking about one of the best. It's AI and it's Vic. It's them two coming out the VA, AI and Vic. And I'm looking at these guys like, but y'all pro bowlers too. They're like, nah, 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 nah. AI, if AI wanted to play football, AI would have been a Hall of Fame just as well as basketball. He would have been a Hall of Fame in football. So I was like, dang, this dude really could have been a Dion. This dude really could have been a Bo Jackson. This dude really could have been one of the three guys in the world. You know, it's, it's, it's rare air when you want to talk about Deion Sanders playing baseball and football. Then, then you look at, I mean, Charlie Ward tried it. Charlie Ward tried it. So just to see how athletic, and he's small. Like, yeah, six feet, maybe six one. That's you know what, what he's listed at. That's the, he's yeah. probably more like five nine, five ten. Like let's let's no, be honest no. here. AI, he, I, I seen yeah, I seen him in person. He, he's around. He's, he's six. Yeah, he's not yeah, 100, six. One hundred percent. Yeah, hey, we, we can agree to disagree there. Person. We can agree to disagree person, there. Mark. I, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Then, it's like you hit me with the high, me with a high pitched voice. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we can agree to disagree there. That's okay. That's okay. Changing gears here a little bit, the Jacksonville Jaguars have released running back Leonard Fournette, still some miles less than the tank. He's only 25 years old. For Leonard Fournette, it's the maturity level. 
he never really been in trouble off the field. I guess it's the small stuff that we talk about all the time with a lot of good talent on the field, on the sideline, in the locker room, in meetings. That's what Linda have to understand. So you got to truly be a professional because you don't want to waste that talent, let alone you don't want to waste that money because you're seeing what these running backs getting. Gotcha there. And the Jaguars have now gotten rid of two of their top five picks, Jalen Ramsey and now Fournette's out. The Jaguars also traded Pro Bowl defensive end Yannick Kengankwe to the Vikings as well. Blake Bortles is gone. And so this is a team that's really trying to rebuild right now. And it's no surprise that right now at this moment in time, the Jaguars are the favorite to get the first overall pick in next year's NFL draft. So maybe some tanking for Trevor Lawrence already with Leonard Fournette, now a free agent, will no longer be a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll see what happens there. Well, you know, Mitchell going to have something to say about that. One thing I do like about Mitchell, he's not short of confidence. You know, and when, when, when his COVID happened and he, had to, and he had to sit out because of a trace for training camp, they said, man, what you was upset about? He said, man, I felt like I, I left my best outfit at home, like going to school. You know, when you go to school, you know, you can't wait to put on that first day outfit, you know, with the new shoes, fresh cut, new shirt, new shorts. But Gardner Minshew, he, he, like, he, he doesn't like confidence. That's one thing I like about him. You know, when, if you get rid of a Nick Foles who you just paid, all this money to, and you going with, with a young stud and Gardner Minshew, it's something that needs to be said. There's something about him that the organization, not only organization, but the players in that locker room like. So since we're talking about this, was it too much alpha in that locker room? Because I remember when Cam, when they wanted, when Carolina wanted Cam to be the team, they got rid of Steve Smith Sr because it was too much alpha in the room. So when you're transitioning, since we talking about this, when you're transitioning, I wonder was it too much alpha? As much confidence as Mitch you have, you know, you know, you know that locker room is like the jungle. You know, you, you got nothing but, you know, gorillas and lions and everything's predatorial in that locker room. So I wonder if that was the issue too. What Jacksonville is doing, um, you just name all pro bowlers. You know, you just went down the line with all pro bowlers. And we saw, what, three, four years ago, what they was making a mark, and they could have been one of the teams that to eclipse the New England Patriots and hopefully get to the Super Bowl. And that was all defense. That was running the ball with Leonard Fournette and smacking people in the face on defense. That's all those guys was doing. They, they, they kind of reminded me of the old when Marcus Stroud was over there with Jacksonville when we had to play him. It was hard-nosed, tough. We, we knew the score was going to be seven to six. <laughs> that, that was the score. But they're doing fall and spring cleaning, and hopefully it works out for them. Well, I know you have a, a friendship with Maurice Jones-Drew, who's a legend in Jacksonville, too. Correct. What conversations that you've had with him about what Jacksonville's doing? It's hard to get that close. And what I mean get that close it's hard to get to an AFC championship. It's hard to even win a Super Bowl. So when was the last time Jacksonville was in the AFC championship? You know I, I don't know how far like Mark Brunel and Fred Taylor got back in Correct. the day, but you're exactly right where it was, what, two, three seasons ago where this Correct. team 
was in a position and it looked like they were going to beat the Patriots in the AFC championship game. So you're spot on there, Ike. So now we got to rebuild. Now we're right there. And you got to understand, Jacksonville had nothing but alphas on that defense. They're not going to be the New England Patriots. They're not going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. And what I mean by that, by guys in the locker room. They had guys in their locker room at the time. We could take it to the street or we could take it on the field. That's how those guys was in Jacksonville a couple of years ago. That's just how they was built. It's hard to draft and get those kind of guys. Every team, every personality ain't going to be the same. So that's what MJD looking at. MJD like, man, I'm kind of relapsing because when I came to Jacksonville, it was Brandon Tofield, it was Fred Taylor, it was Greg Jones, it was me. Y'all knew when we played Jacksonville, when y'all played Jacksonville, y'all was dealing with a four-headed monster. In our defense, they all they like to do is take people's soul. That's all they like to do. So y'all know we're going to run the ball 50 times. So get used to MJD, get used to Fred Taylor, get used to Tofield, and get used to Greg Jones. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he's like, he remember the playoffs because I had to play him in the playoffs. With Coach John Mitchell, our defensive line used to tell us, hey, get a bigger mouthpiece and bring your big boy pass because this, this is the kind of game it's going to be. <laughs> This is the kind of game it's going to be. And just seeing what they were a couple of years ago, it's like, dang, you just get you get rid of all the pro bowlers? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You go from the mountaintop to the gutter, and it's just like, and it's just like that, and it happens where that it's players. like that window is just so quick. And I remember watching that AFC championship, and it's like, oh, man, Bortles and the Jags are going to the Super Bowl. At least right. that's what it looked like. Right. And obviously that didn't happen. The Patriots make another miraculous comeback with Brady and Belichick and what have you. But I remember watching that game, and it's just like the Jags are the, the, AFC, the AFC team in the Super Bowl. That's, that, that was very, very nearly a reality. And we all knew it started with the defense. We knew Blake Bortles won't go do too much. We knew that they just asked Blake not to lose the game. That's all they asked Blake. They, they didn't ask him to win it. They just asked Blake Borders not to lose it. And he wound up losing it. But at the same time, they attitude, their personality, man. They had a – it's hard to find them kind of guys, first-rounders, whether you drafted them or got them off a of free agency. A.J. Boye, I mean, he's a free agent. The man, the Pro Bowl, All-Pro, Jalen Ramsey. Was that Tevin Smith? He wanted to retire. Man, you can you can just you can you can just go down the line and, and just they oh, dang these guys playing to, for this new generation. They was watching the old school mentality defense. You know what I'm saying? And it it, it made me proud. It, I love I I love watching them because it was all attitude, straight attitude, straight attitude, and that's what that's how you got to play. What they're going through now, Marky Mark, man, you know, I'm puzzled. My mind is puzzled what they're doing right now. We'll see what happens with Jacksonville. In other NFL news, Joe Mixon is going to be a Cincinnati Bengal for the foreseeable future. He signed a four-year, $48 million contract extension with the Cincinnati Bengals, and it keeps him 
under contract through the 2024 season. And so I, I like this pairing of running back who is very, very solid and pairing him with Joe Burrow. Joe Mixon's going to be Joe Burrow's best friend, especially early on as AJ Green comes back from injury and the Cincinnati Bengals begin to try to put things back together and try to, you know, at least maybe not this season, but further down the line contend for an AFC North title. Since he's been in the league, I was reading some of his stats. He's top four stats in a lot of categories as a running back. So he's probably one of the most slept on consistent running backs in the league. Nobody talk about Joe Mixon at all. And the reason why, because Cincinnati really hasn't been doing too well, you know, for the past five years. But you want to talk about somebody who has been the most consistent and I love A.J. Green. I think A.J. has some of the best talent. I had to go against him twice. But one of the most consistent players through all these ups and downs and the sun that is shining over there is Mixon. So he, he whatever he got, that 4 for 48, he deserved it. He's been Mr. Consistent, Mr. Durable, and he really hasn't been splitting too many carries. I think he was hurt his rookie year. His rookie year, he got hurt. But after his rookie year, he just kind of took off Mark and Mark and, and understood what it was to be a professional, took care of his body, came into camp, lost some weight, and he's just Mr. Consistent. So I'm glad they signed him because, like you say, for a young quarterback, the best weapon, the best friend he could have is a good running back. I remember when he was coming out of Oklahoma, many thought that he was going to be a first-round talent. He had that video of him hitting another woman and everything. It's in the past. We're not going to completely relitigate right. that. But someone who's you know done the right thing since then and been productive early on in his career. And so it's no surprise that he gets this contract extension. And Ike, something especially eye-opening for me too is just what a stable of running backs that next year's free agency class features and so mm -hmm. good for Joe Mixon to be able to get that contract extension right. because he's going to be facing other guys who are going to be free agents like a Dalvin Cook like a James Conner like an Aaron Jones Derrick Henry got his extension you've got a lot of free agent running backs that are very very talented a lot of them are pro bowlers too so this is someone now that the Steelers are going to have to stop for the foreseeable future, again, Mixon will be under contract through the 2024 season. Yeah, good for Mixon, man. Oh, we're talking about the Alvin Kamara deal. That's another running back. I don't think there's really no beef going on with between Alvin Kamara and the Saints. I think Sean Payton really do like Alvin Kamara. He's a big part of the offense. I think you can just ask, you know, Drew Brees, how easy Alvin Kamara, even when Drew Brees got hurt, uh, all I saw was pitches. Sweep left, sweep right with Alvin Kamara. So it's just that with Alvin Kamara, you know, he got it. I think he understands now, you know, that you once was robbing with Mark Ingram. And we can say, and I think the media loves Mark Ingram. I like Mark Ingram. He's a, he's a stand-up guy, a cool guy to be around. Got great personality. But he's the number two running back also with the Ravens. You know what I'm saying? You got to look at Lamar Jackson first. That's the first running back. But getting back to Alvin Kamara, I think he's starting to understand, man, that this running back, I like the running back by committee. I know when Mark Ingram was here and I knew my time was coming, this is what I wanted. It's not for everybody. You know, the Christian McCaffrey's, the Saquon Barkley's, they, 
there's only two of them that we can really name and say that. You know what I'm saying? So it's rare air. Do I think Alvin Kamara can be in the mix? Yeah, I'm just going to be staying healthy for him. So I don't think it's no beef. I know a lot of people be talking about the beef between those two, between the organization and Alvin Kamara. I think Sean Payton loves him. Yeah, I think it's just jockeying to figure out what exactly the right number is for both parties. Ike, I love talking about Alvin Kamara. So I started my broadcasting career at WBIR. It was the NBC affiliate in Knoxville, Tennessee. Kamara played running back at the University of Tennessee. So during the 2016 season, Kamara wasn't even the starter. Jalen Hurd, who's now a receiver for the Washington Redskins, he was the starter at Tennessee, and it's probably part of the reason why Butch Jones is not a head coach there anymore. So it was a game against Texas A&M. Jalen Hurd was hurt, and so Kamara got the start, and he rips off something like 300-plus yards from scrimmage against Texas A&M. He had a monster game. And sure enough, Hurd comes back from injury. He's the starter the following week. And there were so many Tennessee fans who were just like, why are we not giving our best offensive playmaker the football? And so he goes to the Saints as a rookie, wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. And especially that season, Alvin Kamara would always pop up on my Twitter feed. And all of a sudden, he'd be trending. And I'd have all of these angry University of Tennessee football fans were just like, you know, Alvin Kamara can be the rookie of the year for the NFL, yet he wasn't even good enough to start at Tennessee. And if you go back and look at his college stats, he averaged something like, if it were 10, 10 carries per game, it, it was 10 at most. I'm pretty sure it's like fewer than 10 carries per game. And so it's just hilarious for me. Anytime I think about Alvin Kamara, I think about the beloved Vols fans in my time in Knoxville. Don't forget, I think uh, he transferred. I think it was at Alabama first. He right? started at Alabama, went to yeah. community college for a year, and then, yeah. and then wound up at Tennessee. You're exactly right about that. He was a transfer. It's, it's funny you said that. Before he got drafted, I tweeted, whoever picks up Alvin Kamara is going to have a heck of a player. This, this is when he was at Tennessee. His sister wound up retweeting me because I was like, I said, who is this kid? When I said what I just told you, she wanted to retweet, and she was like, "That's my brother." I said, "Man, you got a special, you got a special brother." So, I remember clearly because I was a herd fan as well. Because you know they had tall running back. I was a herd fan as well. Just talking, you know, herd go from running back to receiver, and they say herd been doing pretty damn good. That's hard to do at the next level, <laughs> at the next level. But seeing what Alvin Kamara was doing at Tennessee, I mean, you saw he was special because he. he he was running at a gear that looked effortless. It looked like everybody was trying to run and keep up with him. And he was so smooth with his sauce, he was just floating past everybody. Certainly, Ike, because they're both in the league now, too. And that right, was always right, kind right. of the debate with Tennessee fans is who should get more of the carries. They tried to play both of them together at times, too. But it's like... I, I will never forget this Texas A&M game because it's one of the craziest college football games I've ever watched. And Kamara just, he had more than 300 yards from scrimmage that day and it was incredible to watch. But I remember in my time there, it, that was the hot topic that season in 2016. Josh Dobbs last season as the Tennessee quarterback as well. Again, you got three guys who are now in the league in your backfield. I don't know, to finish nine and four, I, I don't know. I don't know. But anyways. I know, right? Ike, this has been a blast. I'm really excited for next week, too, because we have guests 
previewing the Steelers and Giants game. So stay tuned there and shout out to our sponsors at betonline.ag. Ike, this was fun today. If you ain't doing nothing, bet online. Thanks for sponsoring us. Me and Mark Bergen, my dog, my co-host. Please check us out. Give us some good reviews on Believe in Steelers podcast. Appreciate everybody from listening to our show. Uh, football season is right around the corner. And when I mean right around the corner, I mean right around the corner. So stay tuned, uh, you know. And thanks again to Bet Online. I Taylor, Mark Bergen, Believe in Steelers podcast. Make sure y'all tune in and give us some great reviews because we ain't done but like a five-star steakhouse, baby. Ike, I appreciate you. To the listeners, go leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on the podcast. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. We'll see you next week. Take care and so long, everyone. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.